So, Mark. Yes. In honor of this week's episode, I thought we should start off by talking about some of our own experiences in high school musicals. Ah, yes. We all have some questionable life choices in our past regarding high school musicals, I'm sure. Well, yeah, because you did not spend a lot of time on stage. No, only one musical in high school, freshman year, was not great. (laughs) Moved backstage. Sorry, the musical was not great or you were not great? Both. I moved backstage and everything got better. I was the Grinch in Susical. How did you steal Christmas? No, this is post-reformed Grinch, which what? is an interesting choice in the part of Susical. He's... So your heart is three sizes large? It is. The scene with the Who's is them remembering the time the Grinch tried to stole Christmas as he's a friend to everyone. Interesting. Yeah. Are there any, like, cardiovascular complications that come from having a heart that grew very rapidly? We did not analyze that because I was on stage for a total of 30 seconds. Oh, but I bet they were great. I was cast as a Who, like, in the chorus, and then from the chorus of Who's, they picked a Grinch. Ooh, look at you. But then they painted me entirely green, which meant I stood out too much on stage, and when there were scenes that were just the Who's, they were like, uh, you can be backstage. So I was there for the scene with the Grinch, and spent the rest of the show sitting backstage. One of the reasons I only did tech is because the people I talked to were the people backstage. So just to clarify, are there pictures? Sadly, yes. Can I have them? I think you've already seen them. I don't know that I have. Have you not? Oh, I'll find some. We'll dig some up. Uh, They might appear on Twitter. Oh, God. That's going to be... Later this week. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I did a little bit of acting in high school. I was the narrator in Into the Woods. That was pretty fun, except that I wore this, like, weird red, like, smoking jacket. It was very shiny, and nobody quite knew what to do with it. They also, like, super gelled my hair in a middle part, and I looked very strange. You sound more like the narrator from Drowsy Chaperone. Honestly, yes. But then, opening night, we're getting ready for the show to go on, and the choreographer sees me in the jacket, and he's like, oh, they gave you the jacket to wear. And I didn't say, like, it's kind of weird, but I'm like, yeah, they gave me the jacket to wear. And he's like... That was my friend's. I got it from him when he passed. And I'm like, what? Ah. (laughs) I'm wearing your dead friend's jacket and I don't even like it? Glad you didn't say anything too mean about it. Yeah. It was a ridiculous jacket. Now, Fiona, you uh, have some state experience as well, right? That would be correct. Care to share (laughs) Um, some of it? Well, I did do light crew for Cinderella my freshman year, which was really fun. We got to be up in the loft. We're not that interested in this part. Oh, but I had a great time doing it. That's fine. And then my senior year, I made my theater debut uh, in High School Musical 2. <laughs> and it was great. And I um, I was just in the ensemble, which meant I didn't have to learn any lines. I just had to sing the songs that I already knew from seeing all the, mu- <laughs> the movies. And because this was also the same semester that I was in the advanced jazz hip hop class at school, I got moved into the advanced ensemble for some of the scenes to do advanced dance. So just to be clear, although there is a High School Musical senior year, you were in your senior year in High School Musical 2. That'd be correct. Wow. Yeah. Are there videos? Uh, yes, but I don't have that. Someone somewhere out there bought the DVD and I did not. There's a picture of you after a show, though. That That's true. That's a real great picture. Yeah. That's on Facebook. So if you <laughs> haven't seen yeah, it, that's I haven't seen that. <laughs> we will uh, pull that one up, too. Yeah, We're pulling not. up these photos. Oh, yeah, gosh. no, that's definitely going to be a part of it. I've heard rumors of a DVD of Nick as Danny Zuko in we his high it. school. We need it. <laughs> production of Grease. Can I tell you an incredible Grease fact related to this movie? Yes. So according to... IMDb trivia. This movie got its start as a different movie whose existence I have been able to verify. That, like, this was a project that actually existed. According to IMDb trivia, that project morphed into High School Musical. And that project was Grease 3. In development in the late 1990s, originally slated to star Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears as the children of Danny and Sandy. That sounds... So they're siblings. Yes. That sounds entirely plausible. (laughs) So... But also, why would you cast Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake as siblings? Unclear. I mean, we got the Ryan Sharpay thing going on in this movie, so maybe that plotline carried through. (laughs) That's true. This is when they were dating, though. Wouldn't it have been the late 90s? Probably. Yeah. So that was like a real thing that was in development. I confirmed that. According to IMDb Trivia, that eventually became High School Musical after it went dormant because they couldn't get the Grease rights. You know, probably fair. Just another wild turn in this movie. Did Grease 2 make money? Like, how? I think it did. Okay, so its box office was 15 on an $11 million budget. So, so not no. amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, this already is looking at, like, 
when they were talking about doing Grease 3, it's like 15 years after that. So it's kind of like a nostalgia thing at that point. A revi- revitalization of the brand. Yeah, maybe there was a revival of 70s views of the 50s. <laughs> Not a revival of the 50s, but exclusively views of what it looked like through the lens of the 70s. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, I'd believe it. All right, so I feel like we have a ton to talk about on this episode, so we should just keep things moving. Yeah, it's time for Heart of Fondness. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I'm Will and I'm a ginger. And this is a podcast where we delve deep into cinematic love stories to answer the age-old question. Does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? And are these people actually dateable or even likable? You know, it doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot or if it's a one-scene flirtation. Looking at you, Bride of Frankenstein. (laughs) Either way, we will dig in and see what's there. And this week, we're doing our second-ever episode on a made-for-TV movie. So we brought back our resident TV movie expert, the Lady of Lies, the Duchess of Deception, the Mistress of Misleading Information, my sister Fiona Redmond. None of that introduction was positive. I don't like the fact that I am the resident made-for-TV movie expert. That's embarrassing. And you're spreading more lies about my lives. We have a long, documented record on this podcast of your history of deception. But those weren't even true. Correct. Lies are not true. That's what makes them lies. No, the fact that I lied all the time. Every one of those lies was a real lie you told. Also, the... Uh. The best movie you've brought us is A Christmas Kiss, which was another made-for-TV movie. And if you go back and listen to that movie, you explain the plots of a number of other (laughs) made-for-TV movies in that. You You were very angry in that about snowmans. You should wear this mantle proudly. Let me tell you something. So my book club, we have this new annual tradition where we get together in December and we do a white elephant gift exchange. And then we sit around and we watch all of these terrible Christmas movies. And tell me, who in that group is the expert on which ones to watch? They asked me to make the movie list this year since I am the expert and know all about all of them. Right, you're the TV movie expert. Yeah, I guess I can't escape this. (laughs) I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just bought a Spielberg collection on Blu-ray that I'm really excited to dig into. And the first one on it is Duel. The first movie he directed, which was made for TV. Oh, that's one I don't know about, so I guess I'm not a true expert. You should come over and watch it. We'll see about we that. We can build it into your repertoire. We'll, we'll see about that. I really like to stick to Christmas and high school musical. <laughs> Disney Channel original movies, also known as DCOMs. Speaking of, the DVD that Will bought for $2 that I watched had a trailer for Cowbells yes. at the beginning. And Meet the Robinsons and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody on DVD. And That's a Raven. Right. I love digging into the like trailer packages of old stuff. Cowbells is, if you don't remember... The it's the Ally and AJ movie. Yeah, where they're rich people that go to work at their parents' dairy factory, I think? Something like that. So it's Cowbells. The Bells is B-E-L-L-E-S because they're ladies. Now that one I actually have not seen. Oh, no way! Yeah. You gotta... Fill in those gaps. There are plenty that I have not seen. So as we've kind of alluded to, the movie we're talking about today is High School Musical, the 2006 Disney Channel sensation. It premiered on Disney Channel on January 20th, 2006, where it was watched by 7.7 million people in its first showing, making it at the time the most watched movie in Disney Channel history. That record was then broken in August by The Cheetah Girls 2. That feels right. The current record is held by High School Musical 2, the best of the High School Musical franchise. I think you're right about that. I think it is the best. I mean, this movie is complete madness. I haven't watched High School Musical 2 since High School Musical 2 came out, but in my mind, it is still the better one. I've never seen all of the third one. I feel like if you divided it up into quarters, I've seen the third quarter of High School Musical 3. (laughs) I just like caught it on TV one time. But so when did you all come to High School Musical? Well, I was aware of it when it first came out and I was a freshman in high school at an all girls Catholic high school. So So this was like your experience. The talk of the school, but not having cable, I did not see this movie for months after it happened. So everyone was talking about it and I sat there and pretended to know what I was talking about and I would nod along and just be like, oh yeah, Zac Efron, so great. And I don't think I saw it. I couldn't tell you when I saw it, but it was a while later. I definitely first saw it on DVD. Probably the DVD that you bought. Probably. Because I spent good money on that. Yeah, not $2 at the record exchange. That's correct. Suzanne made me watch it when it premiered, and I think that was the last time I watched it. Ah, so you were like right on the leading edge of High School Musical fandom. I was one of the 7 million. Did not like it then. Did not like it now. But it was a huge hit. It was. The soundtrack actually was a phenomenon. It hit number one on the Billboard Hot 200 on two non-consecutive weeks, about a month apart from each other. So I'm just going to lean into the Fiona as a child madness you guys have started spreading. But Mora and I, we have the soundtrack, 
You both have separate copies of the soundtrack? We collectively. I think I own it, but what we would do. What? Nothing. (laughs) There were the karaoke versions of some of the songs. Oh, right. And we would always sing them. And I always made Maura sing the boy parts. (laughs) She did not love that. You know, one thing about this movie, I appreciate its commitment to existing at a level of quality that a musical put on by high schoolers would exist at. Right. I mean, it's a musical that's allegedly written by Kelsey. No, I mean- Twinkle Town. I mean- With an E at the end of town. I mean, the full movie is acted as if it was portrayed by high school musical actors. Yeah, it's not amazing. I would say that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth noting that the director, Kenny Ortega- was mostly a choreographer. He is credited with choreography on this movie. He also did choreography for Dirty Dancing, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a whole bunch of other stuff. He's credited with choreography on Quest for Camelot, which is interesting because it's an animated movie, but someone's got to lay out what the dances will look like. I never knew they had choreography. I guess that tracks. Yeah. It makes sense. His previous directing work, he hadn't done a bunch in a while, but notably he directed Newsies and Hocus Pocus. So Kenny Ortega had been in the Disney house for a while. Yeah. I didn't know there was a movie version of Newsies. Yeah. Ooh, I, that's what I saw first. We watched it in kindergarten for some reason in music class. I have seen Hocus Pocus, but not in a long time. I have never seen it. Uh, my seen... my decom knowledge is mostly high school musical movies. Hocus Pocus, I think, was theatrical release. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that. that's a decom. Let me check that out. Okay. Um, it's worth noting that as a TV program, this did win a couple of Emmys. It won the Primetime Emmy for children's programming, the Primetime Emmy for choreography. So there you go, Kenny Ortega. And it also won a Director's Guild Award for children's programming. So again, good for you, Kenny Ortega. So if anyone ever makes fun of me for watching this, I can shove in their face that it is an Emmy Award winning film. You certainly could do that. Hocus Pocus was a theatrical release. Oh, just fancy to throw that. that out there. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, it was 93, and I don't even know if the Disney Channel existed at that point. Uh, I believe it did. They had just bought the channel. Okay, but it is a Disney movie. Yes. Other fun fact about this movie is that it was the first feature length video content available for purchase in the iTunes store. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. 2006. Yeah. It was a phenomenon. It was huge, guys. That's around the same time, actually, that The Office was largely saved thanks to its popularity in the iTunes store. Really? Yeah, where it had really low ratings in the first season, the six-episode short season, and in the first half of the second season. The ratings were still really low, but the argument that the producers made to the network was that it was getting really high levels of next day downloads on iTunes. And that like helped keep the show alive to get a renewal for the third season, which is where it really took off. Okay. All right. Any more initial thoughts? Or should we start moving I feel in? like we just have to talk about it because yeah. we're going to talk about this movie for an hour. Right. I yelled at this movie and was confused by this movie so often. I mean, I had seen it before and I was never like, this is a bad movie. I was always like, whatever, High School Musical, some of the music's kind of catchy. I don't love it, but whatever. If you want to like it, like it. High School Musical 2 is the best one. But then I was watching this movie last night and I was like, what is happening at this school? This This fits neatly into our long track record of terrible places of education in movies. (laughs) Every teacher is a disaster. I mean, both. I was going to say all of them and I was like, nope, there are two that are shown. Nope, there's the math teacher. The math science science. teacher. She seems okay. No, she's really bad because she's a jerk to Gabriella. And Gabriella's like, I think that equation's wrong. The first thing she does is like laugh her off and be like, please, nothing I do could ever be wrong. Yeah, she says, there's no way that's true or something like that. What teacher is going to sit there and assume they're wrong? But she does check it then. You start by checking before you make fun of the kid. Yeah. And Will does mean check before making fun of the kid because he would then make fun of. Does what she said count as making fun of Gabriella? It's pretty aggressive dismissal. It's like not a casual, like, it's not even like a, really? That doesn't seem right. It's like a, what could you possibly be talking about? I just feel like she says it in a nice voice. I really did. Yeah, hard disagree on that. (laughs) There's also the principal who is crappy. He yeah. starts off being good, but like, hey, we should all be part of the same community. But then clearly just dismisses Darbus and all of her concerns. Yeah, yeah. In perhaps the one scene where Darbus has a valid point. They also show the shop teacher. Yeah, the shop teacher. <laughs> I like that scene where Zac Efron is clearly just like wandering around the Disney backlot. Do schools ever have, like, is shop a real thing? Not anymore. But like, was it ever think. a real thing? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Because then the girls would take home ec. I don't I- know that it was ever a like garage of that size yeah how yeah, much these people are all rich how, yeah this yes school, this is a rich school this school has too much money money should be taken away from this school if they're paying to have wall-sized posters i was gonna say that's the evidence they're wealth. current students as well as a sign that just says basketball they paid to have a full 
banner like larger than life images of these kids and one that just says the word basketball it doesn't say east high basketball team i totally missed that no because that's the discount one that you get from oriental (laughs) traders where it doesn't specify it's just like sports (laughs) it's like uh from kahonaho where uh she's wearing the t-shirt that just says sporty girl (laughs) here's another thing i drove me nuts is that okay now i went to catholic school so i had a uniform but then i went to maryland and maryland's colors are black gold red and white are we about to talk about how east high has a uniform for everyone except troy and gabriella yes everybody is wearing red it doesn't matter what except troy and gabriella who are usually wearing blue blue exactly what is this gabriella is usually in like a light purple or pink yeah yeah everyone has the same they wear the same colors and sharpay and ryan also not in change it uniform literally everybody else when i was at notre dame i thought it was really funny how often people including me would be wearing notre dame shirts to class and i thought it would be funny to like do data analysis on this of like what's the likelihood of a person showing up in a notre dame shirt to class which like would have been high but i never cared enough to actually run those numbers man now we're all wondering at east high it would have been a hundred percent everyone is wearing those constantly except for named characters yeah and some of them like Like, chad Chad has his T-shirts with, like, random slogans on them. Which, again, IMDb trivia, so take it with a grain of salt. Corbin Blue chose all the slogans that I are on those that. shirts. Taylor's not in uniform either. Like, it's just named characters that wear different clothes. Everyone else is in uniform because Kelsey has her different hats. Is Kelsey nine years old? <laughs> <laughs> sawed off Sondheim. Yeah. That, that's the best insult in the movie. That is. When that she's was called my a sawed favorite, off Sondheim. Yeah. But I, no, when I, she appeared on screen, I was like... She's like nine, right? I think my favorite might actually be when Troy says Sharpay is kind of cute. And Chad says, so is a mountain lion. That doesn't mean you want to pet it. That was like a couple uh, of zingers. There is one well, good line. I liked when Chad is telling Troy about the actor who plays the Phantom of the Opera. And Michael Crawford. Like, That's a good riff. About yeah. how he's in the mother's fridge. And if Troy decides to go along with the musical, he will end up in Chad's mother's fridge. Yeah. Guys, those seeds took so much creativity away, though. They couldn't even think of a real name for the high school. I swear, (laughs) this was just like, all right, just put something on the script for right now. We'll do control F, find it later, switch the name. And like, they just typed in East. So I will defend them on this because the movie was shot at East High School in Salt Lake City. But then they play against... West West, High. Right. But, like, it was actually shot at a school called East High. However, High School Musical was a placeholder title that they were using during production until they thought of something better. seriously? And then the deadline was approaching and they still didn't have one. So they just kind of, like, very grumpily agreed to call it High School Musical. It's a bad name. Like, in a lot of ways. It is, like, now iconic, but going into it, it's a stupid name. Yeah, because, I mean, the movie... You could do something with the whole idea of being yourself or breaking the status quo. Breaking okay. free, Mark, Mark, if you were. what would you name it? Instead I don't of know. sticking I, to the status quo. I assumed that they wanted it to be called High School Musical, so I didn't come up with anything. But I don't know. Breaking free, honestly, would probably have been a better name. See, I think that sounds Breaking hokey. free, a, a high school musical. Eh, it's Maybe. A, I don't know. Are you saying it's less hokey than just... High School Musical. Yes. I think High School Musical is at least descriptive in a way that Breaking Free is. That's true. It makes me think of one of those inspirational posters with a dove flying off into the (laughs) That sounds exactly the same aesthetic as this movie. That poster (laughs) is definitely in a classroom at the East High. I'm sure it is. All right. um, We just got to talk about this movie because we're going to yell for an hour. So, Fiona, you know the drill. Your job is to walk us through the romance of High School Musical by breaking it down into the five points that will chart Troy and Gabriella's journey. So, you're in charge. Take it away. All right, so point number one is New Year's Eve. I wrote like a full page of notes on this. What better time to start a romance than New Year's Eve? So they're both, both of their families happen to be at this ski resort. I don't know where it is. It looks like a very pricey ski resort. I assumed it was like Utah or Nevada or something. Based on Gabriella's house, they can afford it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And so they're there and both of their parents are kind of telling them like, you really have to go to the kids party. You'll have fun. And like, neither of them seem to know anybody else at the party. Well, Troy has spent the whole time he's there playing basketball. Here are the notes I wrote. She's a smart girl, wants to read, not party. Yeah, her mom's a jock, wants to play basketball, not party. Her mom takes, I know. Uh, Her mom takes Gabriella's book from her and is like, I'm taking the book from you. You have to go to this party. I laid out your best clothes. There's no world in which those are her best clothes. (laughs) I do like that 
like that one's clearly hokey and ridiculous. At least for Troy, he's been practicing basketball with his dad, and it's Troy's mom. He's like, I want to go to the party, and I want my husband to go with me. Troy, go to the other party. And so <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, happened. yeah. She like basically says it. She's like, we're going to the party, Troy. There's a kids party. Yeah. Oh, okay. Look, I'm wearing this dress. I want to show it off. Husband, you're required to come. Troy, do what you want. I hear this this thing happening. So they go to the party, which it's a New Year's Eve party. I'm pretty sure it's also big hat themed because yes. there are a number of people in giant hats Sparkly there. Sparkly ones. Sparkly ones, American flag ones. Yeah. I'm guessing that it fills up the space so you don't need to pay for more extras. Oh, probably. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a classic 2006 big hat party. How many this was a did thing. You go to, Will? I went to like five of them. Wait, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would think you, of all people, would recognize a lie when you hear one. I don't know what a lie is. Well, we're going to have to deal with some big ones in this movie. That's why we wanted you here for it. All right. Well, thanks. So then they're at the party, and they're looking for two people to get up on stage and sing karaoke. And the guy that's trying to get Troy up there, he's acting like he's Troy's best friend. I don't think they've ever met He's just like a party hype guy. His job is to keep the energy going. I mean, the thing is, it's like in seventh grade or something, my family went on a cruise and they had an event that was just like this. So I know what's going on. Yeah. Where it's just all of the kids at the resort are sent to this place so the parents can get hammered without their kids (laughs) around. And so the dude gets Troy up and Gabrielle up for the next karaoke number. And he goes, someday you guys might thank me for this or not foreshadowing oh god (laughs) and then so here's my question so the song they sing is start of something new so are we meant to believe that in the universe of high school musical start of something new is like a popular song that they know i think we have to because he knows all the little he knows the harmonies yeah and ahs yeah when he first does that when he first cuts into the microphone is like "Mm -hmm." i'm like whoa yes from refusing to do any singing this has taken a turn that makes sense to me because it's not like they're going to pay for the rights to have a real song. And no. it's karaoke at a resort. They would be doing songs people know. Right. Especially if they're not asking you what song you want to do. Yeah, that's true too. And so- speaking of turns in this, Troy sings his bit. Then he's like turning to walk yes. away. And then Gabriella starts singing and he was walking away, but he hears her singing. He like turns around astonished. He fell in love with her voice. And then he takes his jacket off, and that's when you know it gets real. What? And he goes up to the mic. With the weird floral stripes down the side? The costumes are so bad. (laughs) That cannot have been his best outfit. Well, his mom didn't say it was his best outfit. Oh, okay. This movie, I think the thing I remember most is her weird half sweater hoodie. It's like a knit zip up hoodie, but it's a midriff. Yes. Yes. That's weird. I saw that and I was like, what is happening? Worth noting, when Troy takes off that jacket, people cheer. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of people cheer. Hey, he's Zephron. Yeah. And so they're like singing it and people are really into it and they're like, whoa. This is amazing. They have a true connection. Yeah. They get all up in each other's faces as they sing. She falls off stage. I will actually say, though, probably my favorite part of their relationship in the movie is after they sing when they're walking out on, like, the deck area of the ski lodge. And they're, like, talking about singing and they're, like, asking each other if they sing. That is a moment where I see the two of them interacting and it, like, feels real. Like, oh, we just met. We had this weird thing. Like, let's get to know each other a little bit. And it feels very, like, awkward high school when, like, the countdown happens and then they look at each other awkwardly and don't kiss. (laughs) Worth noting... No one ever kisses in this movie. He kisses her on the cheek. Right, but like nobody right. ever like makes out yeah. at no, all yeah. in this movie. It felt very real in the moment. And then they went on to exchange numbers and take contact yeah. pictures. Yes. My favorite moment in this movie is when he holds he's up like, Can his, I get your number? And he's like, yeah. Holds up this phone so they can take a picture on it. Oh my god, I died. It's so weird. Because I assume this is like the first year camera phones were a thing. And someone told them that it was hip. It's early into camera phone life. We figured they filmed it in 2005. Well, and without the picture, how are you going to know who it is? I guess. This is also the fakest snow I've ever seen in a movie. It's potato flakes. Yeah, it was bad. I also liked when he then starts to pour his heart out. I don't even remember what he was saying, but talked about how this was the best night of his trip or something like that. And he turns around and she's gone. She just walked away. Yeah, she just that walked away so after getting rude. his number. It was like mid-sentence, yeah. Yeah, because he was looking at his phone, putting in her number, saving the contact, and then he looks up and she's just gone. She went back to read her book. Quick table talk. What book is she reading? It's 2006. Uh, a Harry Potter. Is Twilight out yet? Ooh, maybe. It was a black cover. I don't know. It wasn't big yet. But Please, Gabrielle is out. hip to uh, the new trends in YA fiction. You think? Uh, maybe. I feel like if there's one thing she knows about, it's books. 
Uh, Twilight came out in 2005. I'd buy it. All right, that's canon. She's reading Twilight. Stay tuned for our Twilight coverage. Hashtag Twilight at 10 in two weeks. Get pumped. I didn't even mean to have that as a plug, but I'm glad it worked out. Neither did I when I asked what book she was reading, but that's just how the magic of New Year's Eve works. We should do New Year's Eve at some point. (laughs) The Gary Marshall movie at which Fiona cried. I'm not proud of that. All right. So are we on point two? Yeah. So Christmas break is over. They're back at school. And what do you know? Gabriella has just transferred to Troy's school. And they're in the same homeroom. Along with all of our other named characters. Yeah, exactly. Because that's it's how very they nice of became them. such great friends. It's also nice that they put all of the four most important characters into the same detention. Also, can we talk about Miss Darbus's desk? Let's talk about Darbus in general. On a stage with a curtain. Yeah, Darbus has a throne chair. in she her classroom. Yeah. My drama teacher in high school kind of had this vibe where like she used the stage as her desk and would just wander in front of the class (laughs) did she randomly speechify about the wonders of theater no but she was just a teacher also no one did homeroom in the drama room which doesn't feel like a thing darvis is a a bad teacher a terrible teacher who's constantly just monologuing pits students against each other for her own amusement kind of yeah does it in front of audiences for reasons that are beyond my capacity to understand maybe she was never cool in high school and she wasn't she's got power i can so tell you she on, wasn't she's on a power trip she is power mad yeah. she is abusing her detention to get free labor in the theater <laughs> the one moment where i was like okay she has a point now is when she's complaining about athletes getting special treatment yes i think the one thing she really has an argument for is that like if she gives a detention that detention's got to be honored right yeah. they were using their phones in class that is a valid detention yeah but using that like using them as labor also more fun than detention yeah i was gonna say i don't hate that make yourself useful to the school as part of your detention yeah it's essentially like when at hogwarts they sent harry and hermione to detention with their favorite person on campus hagrid but they did have to go hunt down they had to face voldemort drinking unicorn blood it's like so they made it was a weird mix of overly unnecessarily scary for 11 year olds (laughs) but also clearly they must have known that they were friends with hagrid yeah i'm sure they did this school is as bad at detention as Hogwarts is, and that's saying <laughs> hey, a lot. There's no safer place than Hogwarts. <laughs> um, last indictment of Darbus, although I'm sure there will be more. She pronounces musical musical. Oh, I hate Constantly. that. Constantly. I hate it. Grinds on my ears, and it's the worst thing. For that alone, she should be fired and thrown out of the theater community. And you know what, Darbus? That's show business. <laughs> What was that line? I yelled at this screen so many times. Oh my gosh. The audience shows up. She's adamant that they can't do it. And then she's just decided. Well, no, because Kelsey volunteers to play piano. She's like, we can't have you do it. There's no one to play the music. And then Kelsey shows up. And she's like, I'll play piano. And Ryan's like, what? And Darby's goes, that's show business. <laughs> An example of her actively pitting students against each other. She's a mad woman. But imagine how fun it would be to play her. I wouldn't understand what I was doing. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, you real just thing. get out there and you do whatever you want. According to this is my last weird unverifiable thing from IMDb trivia. Allegedly, there were plans to have Darbus sing a duet with Coach Bolton. What? They never filmed it, but uh, allegedly this was a thing that was planned at one point. I would pay money. To I would have that. watched the crap out of that. Yeah, I need that. Because it would have been an angry song with the two of them squaring off. Yep. Yeah. Talking about how they don't understand each other. <laughs> it would We're be... just two different people. Basketball is the most important thing. No theater is a thing you need. It'd be something like that. Yep. It's essentially Except different as be... can be. <laughs> it would be different as can be. But it would be like super overproduced. So it would be like, you just don't understand a thing about basketball. Because <laughs> it's all nasally in High School Musical because it's so overproduced. And she'd be like, no, theater is the most important thing of all. His singing voice is so bad. So Troy. Yeah. Well, they blended his voice. It's almost entirely the voice of Drew Seeley. Yes. Who I have met. I have a picture with him. I'm right next to him. Really? He put his arm around me. I did not know this. It's on Facebook. So the reason that they have this guy, Drew Seeley, singing most of Zac Efron's music in this is because they wrote all the music before they did the casting and the music was all written too high for Zac Efron. So then when they were doing the later ones, they knew Zac Efron's range and they like wrote music for him. Okay. And so that's why he does his own singing in the sequels. So the only singing he does is like at the start of a couple songs. And then when he's singing acapella, 
on Gabriella's balcony, which, which is the best singing in the movie. I thought it was horrible. I mean, it's not like good, good music, but it's the only music in the movie that feels real. Yeah. It's, okay, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad scene, but the singing itself is fine. Right. We've also gotten way ahead. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, we're jumping all over the place. Yeah. There's just so much to say about this There's movie. so much to be angry about. <laughs> So anyway, okay, we're in the middle of point two. What's going on? So they're in homeroom, and he realizes that he knows this new girl, and he sends her a text, and it sets off her her ringer, and everyone pulls out their phone, and they all get sent to detention. Rookie it's a weird move. thing, because they're all like, what, is it my phone that's going off? Like, how can you, you not tell? You know your ringtone. But so then, that kind of starts off their bonding at school. So they get sent to detention together. They're experiencing the theater together. They're walking around the hallways together, looking at the board. Sharpay is rude to them. I would like to point out that Fiona spelled Sharpay like the dog. Yes. Even though she clearly writes it P-A-Y on the audition sign-up sheet, someone's not paying attention. Wow. Who's a real fan of High School Musical? (laughs) I think that she spells her name wrong. I mean, yes. But I also assume she's not named after the dog, and it's supposed to be a different word. I don't know. Whatever. So anyway, so Sharpay's a real jerk about the play. She's like, oh, we could always use more fans of the theater. Like, please, you could never be a part of the theater because everyone involved in theater at the school is really aggressive at anyone who's not. Because in general, the number one rule of this school is you can do one thing. You can do one thing. To the point of like, you can't even know words from outside your one thing. Like, Darbus does not know the word team. When she gets in a fight with the coach. And she's like, oh, yes, you're like, band of athlete things. And she's like, clearly searching for the word. And he goes, team. And she's like, oh, yes, 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 team. What an unusual term to hear. I had no concept of such a thing. We don't use that in our musicals. (laughs) She's the worst. Yeah, there's a nerd who does hip hop, which is like, that one is the weirdest to me where people are like, whoa, because with the jocks him baking it's like oh what a weird nerdy feminine thing to do except i feel like they would all be like please cook for me every jock that i teach would be like oh you cook cook for me yeah i think that's right yeah but it's also tied into ideas of masculinity and femininity yeah that one they have to break free of their stereotypes this movie has <laughs> no back to Mark's title. This movie has no subtext. This no. movie has only text. Well, because you only get one thing, so there's no room for subtlety. <laughs> yeah, just stick to the status quo. It was <laughs> you're a monster. And stick to the stuff you know. <laughs> the amount that people were like, "You have one thing in this movie," was insane. I don't understand. It was too much. All right, so they get detention. They are, like, flirting a lot. She's, like, focused on, you know, getting used to the school and stuff like that. Troy is distracted by Gabriella. He's got to get his head in the game. The, but that's it, the greatest the, scene in the, the entire wor- movie. So that actually bummed me out because it bummed me out how much it cut around within that scene, especially, to like, one-off shots of just Troy doing stuff. I would love it if that scene were just, like, super stagey, so all we had was, like, the basketball guys, like, going around and doing cool, like, basketball dance. That'd be cool. Instead, we only get a little bit of that. And the worst musical bit of this movie is Troy's soliloquy in the middle of this song. <laughs> He's like, why am I feeling so wrong? <laughs> And I'm like, it's because you're singing this terrible (laughs) soliloquy in the middle of your basketball dance number. That is my favorite scene of the entire movie. Do you also really like when he's really angry on the golf course in High School Musical 2? Absolutely. (laughs) That scene is a masterpiece. It's beautiful. So what else do we need from point number two, Fiona? Uh, That was really it. Oh, the other thing I want to note is that Ryan and Sharpay start trying to like backstock Gabriella. This might be later, but... I don't know what web browser they're using, but it looks like it's from 1998. And I want to know what journalists are writing multiple articles about the winner of a quiz bowl because they pull up multiple pieces about wonderkind Gabriela Montez. Kenny Ortega must have not seen a computer since his childhood. I like to think that they designed these computer stuff for Grease 3 in the late 90s and then never bothered to update the visuals. My favorite moment in this movie is when uh, Taylor is hacking just the general electricity of the school with a laptop. In the corner, it just says, sending Wi-Fi signal. (laughs) Taylor is like... 10 years older than everyone else in this movie, right? Oh, for sure. Everything about their technology is ridiculous. Oh, this is also where they introduce the idea of pairs auditions. Yes! Because they don't cast the best male lead and the best female lead. They only audition people that have already decided to act together. So in, like, film, there's a certain extent where they'll have people, like, do screen tests to make sure they have chemistry. But But that's different than making them audition together. And, I mean, even callbacks you can do 
as pairs to see chemistry. But for the first audition being like, Sharpay, you can only audition with Ryan. And if he's better than you and Gabrielle is better than Sharpay, but Ryan's better than Troy. No, we can't switch it around at all. It's the best pair. You can split up the Evans twins. Come on, Mark. Are they twins? I just assumed Sharpay was older because of the way she's so mean to Ryan. Yeah, but in High School Musical 3, they graduate together. Oh, okay. See, I've only seen the third quarter of High School Musical 3. He's also straight up illiterate, so (laughs) I assumed he must be younger. So he is actually pretty nice throughout the movie. Yeah. He's very friendly. When he hears that Troy and Gabrielle are interested, he's like, oh, cool. Like, it'd be cool to have more people be doing theater. But yes, he's so dumb. (laughs) Yeah, well. Then he's not nice because when they're at, they're in the cafeteria and he goes, they didn't even ask our permission to join the drama club, which apparently is a qualifier. I think he's more confused in that moment than angry. He's like, wait a minute. Okay. He's, it, they didn't of, even follow procedures. I feel like all of his moments where he seems mean stem from his increasing stupidity throughout the movie. <laughs> Whereas Sharpay just gets increasingly diabolical as the movie is going on. And then in the last scene after the callbacks, it's like Sharpay looked at the runtime and is like, oh crap, we're like 96 minutes into a 98 minute movie. I better be nice now so people like me at the end. <laughs> because she doesn't have an arc. She's just suddenly nice to everyone. Suddenly she goes up to Gabrielle and it's like, great job, break leg. The redemption cut. It's <laughs> not a redemption arc. It is a redemption cut. Yeah, it's a smash cut to niceness. Wow, we are all over this movie. And then by the second movie, they're all just friends. She's still kind of mean, though, right? But she's, like, mostly friends with them. Uh, There's drama in the second one with her. Yes, but, like, they hang out in a way that they don't in the first one. The only thing I remember about Sharpay in the second one is Fabulous. Another great song. She sings the Hawaiian fish song in that one, too, right? That's cut, isn't it? Uh... It's only it's it only on the soundtrack because I think it was I cut. Think in the DVD, it's there. Okay, yeah. it's a deleted. scene. I've definitely seen that scene at least. Yeah. yeah. So point three. So point three is when they actually audition for the musical together. The musical. Correct. The musical together. The musical, of course, is Twinkle Town. Two words with an e at the end of town. Yeah. It's and written by Kelsey, who is nine. We are shown again their connection through music. They really have that musical chemistry. Yeah. What song do they sing for the audition? I can never It's hard remember. to believe. Oh, that I couldn't see. Yeah. We have that, like... I don't know what that's called. Very American Idol bit of, like, lots of bad auditions in a row. Yes, which is a great scene. I love the guy who's got it written on his hand and says that he couldn't sneeze. That joke really worked for you. <laughs> and then we get the uh, the two kids who are doing, like, the interpretive dance. And she tells them to see a counselor. <laughs> yeah, because here's, like, again, Darby's bad teacher is basically, like, thinks she's Simon Cowell during auditions. Yeah. Where yeah. she's just, like, heckling kids as they audition. Hold on, I wrote down what she says. She says something like, it's better to hear it from me now than your friends later. Yeah! And I'm like, one, no person calls next during an audition, meaning, like, you're not cast. That's what cast lists are for. And also, nobody runs those auditions just in an open room where people are wandering in constantly. <laughs> like the ballet dancer who crashes after he twirls across stage. Yeah. I will say, uh, having sat it on some auditions now that uh, the level of talent is not the least believable part of that <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> All right, so they audition, and they manage to get a callback, which brings utter chaos to school, because, again, you're only allowed to do one thing. It's like the word that Troy got a callback for the play sets the school abuzz, and the carefully planned hierarchy of everything is overturned. So the hierarchy is, like, the jocks are on top, and then the theater people are also on top, or are they, like, so separate? I think the school is bifurcated. Yeah. And the jocks are on top, and specifically the basketball players are on top of one half. Right. And then the theater people are on top of the other half? Maybe. It's more segmented than hierarchical. That's true. Because the theater kids are up on the second floor. Right. They're literally above everyone else. Which, yeah, is like... That cafeteria has, like, seven tables. (laughs) What kind of cafeteria in high school looks like that, too? None. None. I mean, ours did have two floors, and it was kind of open like that. Like, you could conceivably pull the Sharpay pose and look down. Over the balcony? Yeah, but it was not nearly as nice. Would you shove your twin to the side when they tried to make your solo a duet in the middle of your song about how nothing should change at school? I mean, probably. Her getting into that pose was one of the funniest (laughs) shots of the movie, because she's standing like a normal human, and then there's a musical sting, and she just sticks her hip out. It's great. It's great. 
So they sing Stick to the Status Quo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The whole school is like literally on fire. <laughs> and everybody They're is about to confused. start looting. They, no one knows what's happening. No one knows what to do anymore. You got Zeke being like, I bake. And they're like, whoa. Chad throws a computer through a window and jumps out after it. <laughs> they just start stealing books from the library. And they go, why do you want books? That like nice little librarian. And Chad's like, I know. I told them to stop stealing books. As he like pulls all of the Harry Potter ones into his backpack. Chaos raids at East High. So he smashes open the soda machine and there's just Sprite <laughs> shooting everywhere. And in the middle of it all, Coach Bolton stands on a table and he shouts, Darbus, this is the moment for our song. Yeah, uh, this like, chaos you have brought on could be stopped right now. I think their song is something like Les Mis when Javert and... It's the Jean confrontation. Jean yes, yeah. Maybe so, we could get uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Jason Siegel to enact it for us. Or, I mean, go, go for the movie version. Get uh, Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman. That's true, too. Is Russell Crowe Darbus or Coach Bolton? Darbus. Yeah, because I feel like Coach Bolton might be the better singer, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coach Bolton is, like, kind of good looking. Yeah. In a very bland way. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like a generic. he's so forgettable because he's so generic. But, yeah, he's also a terrible teacher. Yes. He has, like, occasional moments where you're like, oh, you do know what you're doing. But the, most of the time, you're just like, no, he's terrible. Also, their locker room is the most ridiculous thing I've ever it's seen for high school. Why is his office in the locker That's room? That's bizarre. Because then Darbus has to go in there to right. meet up with him. Yeah, because, like, teachers meet with each other. Right. It's a thing teachers have to do. It's very strange that his office is in there. Yeah, he's in a room with naked teenagers, like, all day. All right, so uh, in the midst of all this, Troy has been, like, skipping practice and stuff because he wants to go and work on the callback. He wants to do two things. Yeah, he wants to do two things. So <laughs> That's he, not allowed. He and Gabriella are practicing with Kelsey, the eight-year-old composer. <laughs> the sawed-off Sondheim. The sawed-off Sondheim herself. This is a real bonding experience for them. Is it, though? Because they're them. never rehearsing at the same time. Yeah, they're always rehearsing individually with Kelsey. But it's like them against the world. It is in this window that we see the two of them hanging out on the, like, rooftop garden that Troy had the science club build for him. No, I think it exists for the science club, and they just let him go up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Troy's friends and Troy's dad are increasingly annoyed. They're like, you're missing practice. You're distracted by this thing. We've got the championship coming up. So we can't have you worried about songs. We can't have you being in my mom's refrigerator like Michael Crawford. (laughs) And we need you focused on the big game. His dad's essentially like, how dare you try and date a girl? That is unacceptable. He's a, like, paid employee of this school that straight up almost yells at a student and just is so mean to Gabriella. Yeah, the fact that the gym was closed during practice and practice was over. And he calls her Miss, even after Troy tells him her name. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, you're right. It's very demeaning. It's condescending. Yeah. Yeah. And the basketball team calls him in for a meeting and they're like, yo, what the heck? Well, this was after, because I also want to point out that Throughout this time, Taylor and Chad have really bonded over the fact that their friends are not hanging out with them anymore. Right. So Taylor, who, by the way, has known Gabrielle uh, for under two weeks. But they're sisters because their nail beds are history. Oh, right. Taylor, who has a rolling backpack. <laughs> like all the coolest kids. Yeah. That she, like, puts the handle down and then carries it up the stairs and yeah. then pulls the handle back up. Um, in terms of the timeline of this movie, this movie does take place in a two-week window. Because when they come back, that first day that they're back is when they all get detention. And Coach Bolton goes to the principal to complain about it. And Coach Bolton says to the principal, we've got the championship in two weeks. Why is the championship two weeks after... School is back. Would that happen? Well, it's over it, winter break. Right? It's oh, conceivable yeah. that that could happen. It's not the summer break that they are coming from. So my biggest question, Darbus says that maybe you should audition for the spring musical to one of the auditionees, and this is the winter musical. Do they do three musicals a year at this high school? At least Musicals. two. Darbus loves the theater. It is the noblest of arts. How can you put on a full stage musical with a full camel, life-size stuffed camel, in like a month? Here's what you do is you set it up so you're like, all right, we're going to commission three student musicals. All of them have to involve a camel, a giant crescent moon, (laughs) a big tree, a cityscape backdrop that we can drop at a moment's notice. I wonder if A this... weird ladder covered in frills. Also, they take two weeks between auditions and callbacks. Which is weird. Yeah. All right. So, is this point four? Yes. So, they've got their plan because the decathlon team wants Gabriella on their team. 
and the basketball team wants Troy back because the team cannot function without their captain, their playmaker. He's the playmaker. Yeah. So Just they... like Kelsey's the playmaker of the musical, exactly. as Troy explains to her. In a nice moment. He's trying to be a good dude. Yeah, but is that really, like, I can't tell if, one, I can't really tell what playmaker means. Like, is it the best player or is it the person who makes the plays? Because I feel like the coach makes the plays. So it's like the person who's, like, calling plays on the court. He makes it happen. So wouldn't that kind of be the director? Like, Kelsey is the composer. Yes, you're correct that the composer is not the playmaker. Yeah. Well, is Troy the smartest? He can't be smart and good at basketball. <laughs> and good at singing. And good at singing. That's three That's things. Really That's too unbelievable. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that, Mark, come on. Don't don't stretch this movie like that. <laughs> you gotta keep it grounded in reality. <laughs> realistic here. The real message of this movie is you can do more than one thing, but... You can't do three things. No, you can do <laughs> you two things. You can do exactly things. two, and that's a stretch. So, all right, this takes us to point number four, which is kind of uh, probably the most important one for our discussion of romance. Yeah, so uh, so this is when the team, what they do is they get Troy into the locker room, and they start talking to him about all these legends of East High basketball. Sammy Slamajama like whole... is one of them. They've got a whole like table set up with all these trophies and like pictures, pictures of old basketball legends. Yeah, and then lastly, it's like they looted the trophy case. They bring up Troy's dad, <gasps> who was the captain. He led the team to a championship and he's now the coach and he's Troy's dad and looks 12 in the picture. Older than Kelsey, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, while they're there, the decathlon team is talking to Gabriella about how basketball players are basically Neanderthals and they're not as evolved and they're stupid. Yeah, literally is just like, these are the dumbest people on the planet. How dare you associate with these fools? Yeah. Because if you play basketball, that is your one thing. You can't be you smart. You are required to be dumb. Even if you are a smart person, you must tone it down and be dumb because you can't have two things. Well, especially if you want to sing. You just are going to be the dumbest person out there so no, that's right he can't read <laughs> the boy is illiterate so the real thing that's going on here is that chad of the basketball team corbin blue and taylor of the scholastic decathlon team have conspired and so taylor sits gabriella in front of this computer the oldest looking laptop i've ever seen as chad and the basketball team hook up a webcam to stealthily film as Troy is trying to defend himself, being like, guys, I'm not distracted by this. I'm focused on the team. Like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine for the championship. How did he not notice them set up the webcam <laughs> on top of the laptop? They, like, very sneakily at their waist put a webcam on top of the computer. It was above the waist. It was at chest level. He's, like, popping it on the computer. As Troy is going on, like, Gabriella, the play, they mean nothing to me. I I'm just hate focused Gabriella. on the game. <laughs> Gabriella is a monster. Then, How on earth did they plan to get him to say exactly that? They were holding up cue cards in the back. <laughs> then he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "No, no, just read it. Just read it." It's like, "Why? This is this is for a prank video. We're gonna show it to her after the audition." To be yeah. like, "Oh, what if Troy was like this?" And he's like, "Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. That's funny." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the team is acting as a laugh track whenever he says a mean thing. What killed me is after they show this video to Gabriella, and she's very clearly upset, and the whole group leaves except Taylor, who just goes, "All right, well, ready for lunch?" It's like you just ripped her heart out and. Threw it on the ground and stepped on it. And, she didn't and even... then you giggled while you did it. Yeah. And she didn't even have the energy to put her belt through her belt loops. <laughs> we were talking about that when we watched it. We were like, remember how that was a thing we used to wear? Wait, that was a thing? <laughs> that was a real that thing? That was a real thing. Why? You get, get these belts that were like three inches thick. And that, that clearly doesn't fit through any belt loop. And they were very like stylized. Those were real. Wow. I don't think I... Oh, I did own some, but they weren't stiff like that. So you could like scrunch them up and get it through the belt loop. Fascinating. So then Gabriella sings her bad song. We had Troy's bad song, which is the interlude in Get Your Head in the Game. Now we have Gabriella's bad song. With the weirdest dance moves. And again, the really bad, like nasally singing, going through the motions. And she sees out the window, the pep rally going on, where yet again, everyone is in red, except for Troy in blue at their pep rally. And... West High's colors are blue. Do you think he is secretly... He's a double agent. A double agent. Wow, we just blew this franchise <laughs> wide open. 
So, like, with Gabriella's song, I feel like every musical has tried to do And I'm Telling You since that song came out, and none of them have worked. Like, the hurt woman belting out her feelings about a man, and none of them have ever been good except for And I'm Telling You. Do you think she's ever embarrassed that this is, like, her first big thing? Vanessa Hudgens? Yes. After this episode, I was gonna show you Sneaker Night, and, uh... I don't think she has the capacity for embarrassment if she made this video. Really? Just it's, wait. It's Can a I real tell you gem. something? I've also met Vanessa Hudgens. Really? I also have a picture with her. Did you go to like one of the high school musical no. live shows? No, no, no. I saw Vanessa Hudgens in Gigi when they did the premiere at the Kennedy Center before it went to Broadway. And I saw Drew Seeley in his house. Jersey Boys. <laughs> <laughs> we were hanging out. No, he was in Jersey Boys and I saw it here. It's worth noting the best shot in this song is when Gabriella leans on the larger-than-life poster of Troy that's, like, professionally made hanging outside the gym. Yep. Basketball. <laughs> you know, it's my favorite sport. <laughs> I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Another great basketball song. <laughs> um, okay, so does that take us then to point number five? They're both sad. Troy's, like, eeyoring around campus. Gabriella's in a funk. They feel like they can't talk to anybody. They all sit alone at their own tables right so now that's their one thing yeah. is being alone <laughs> being sad you, as your you one can't thing. be anything other than a loner but then so troy decides he's got to fix this he realizes something's wrong with them he goes to the front door of gabriella's house well actually before this is when the team apologizes to him oh you're right so his team apologizes to him when they see him eoring around campus and they're like all right man like we did something wrong we should have realized you can do two they things they find him in his secret science club spot right they find him on the roof and they're like secrets out you can do two things we support you if you want to do the musical and he's the like musical. i can't even do the musical because gabriella won't talk to me anymore so i don't know what happened but we're done if you think about it they're about to do three things if they start dating oh, oh you're right slash smart musicals and, and dating. dating true that's a lot of things that's, very <laughs> that's a lot of things that. yeah. that's why they got to cut out the sadness yeah <laughs> With a resume like that, they could get into any college they want. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the SNL High School Musical 4 video? No, I don't think so. It's Troy comes back a year after graduating to give the graduation speech. And it's all about how, like, once they leave East High, they're terrible at everything. Oh, because nothing in the outside world is anything like East High. I, I need to watch that. It's pretty great. I'll put it on Twitter okay. and Facebook. Cool. So after the basketball team apologized, Taylor, And they confess. They're like, oh, they the reason that Gabrielle is not talking to you is because we, like, you lured you... that webcam? We lured you into speaking on a webcam. We used an elaborate series of lies to get you to do this. <laughs> Fiona, would you care to comment on any of that? I have no comment on it. So... At the same time, the science people, Taylor, is apologizing to Gabriella, who is still mad because she points out rightly, no one made him say that I hate Gabriella. So she's... I we established they had cue cards. <laughs> yeah. So she's just like... I but she doesn't it. literally say, but he does be like, Gabriella means nothing. Yeah, yeah. I think those are the words he uses. Yeah. And so Taylor's like, no, uh, Corbin Blue said that he could trick him into saying this. She's like... No one made him say that I don't mean anything to him. So this doesn't exactly make up for it. So Troy wants her back, but she's still mad. So he goes to her house and he tries to talk to her. And her mom's like, oh, she's out of the country right now. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's not what she says. I know. <laughs> but that is what they say in Camp Bobby Love. Oh, okay. Right, right. So then he creepily sneaks around the backyard, climbs up the tree onto her balcony. Yeah, he like calls her on the phone from the ground of her backyard, and he's like, "Hey, I've missed you. I just want to talk to you and like get things back, cause like the most real I've ever been was when we were singing on that karaoke stage." <laughs> Like kindergarten. Right, like kindergarten. They have this whole thing about how easy it is to become friends in kindergarten. And then he says if she's going to come back to the show, and she says maybe. And I just love when he goes, well, you need to say yes. And he says, I have something for you. Turn around. And she turns around, and he's in a horrible Canadian tuxedo. Yes, yeah, he is. <laughs> and a blue shirt. So she turns around. High spy. <laughs> she turns around and sees him there, and then he just sings. And is like, I can't do it without it's you. It's the start. Of something new. Wrong song. No, that is. That's what he, he sings there. Is that what he sings there? Yeah. I was yeah. not paying attention. It's a callback to the first song they I was together. First met. I was furiously taking notes. <laughs> I was not paying attention. So that then takes us to they agree to do it. Yeah. They're gonna do the callback. There's a bunch of shenanigans where Ryan and Sharpay try to rig it so they can't do the callback. 
by scheduling it because the basketball game is the same time as the decathlon competition. And so Ryan and Sharpay move the callbacks to be at the same time because too. Because no one person could ever want to be at the three of those events. Right, because you can only because do one thing. not do three things. <laughs> and you can't have friends that do a thing that you're not doing. Yeah, you no, you because be how would you know them if they were doing a different thing? Yeah. Right. So obviously no one on the science team would have friends that play basketball and want to be at the basketball no, game. It's also ridiculous that a high school conference championship would be an afternoon game. Like that would be at night so that adults would have an easier time going. Right. It's also ridiculous that they're expected to do like competitive chemistry. That's what I love is they have like beakers and chemicals at the science decathlon. I like Dude. that these callbacks are open to the public. Did the judge at the decathlon thing say any actual words? Nope. It seems just... like he just grunted. Well, they would have had to pay him if he said words. What? That's a rule in the Screen Actors Guild is you get paid more once you speak. Yeah. Oh, so, he did make noises. Yeah, those aren't words. lines. No, really? he didn't have it. Like I, I noticed that, and I thought like they didn't want to pay this actor more, so they didn't give him any lines. Yeah, I thought he was like some Frenchman who couldn't speak English because he just kept going. Oh, I mean oh. that's canon now. <laughs> All right. So they managed to get it so they can go to the callbacks because the science team hacks the basketball like scoreboard. scoreboard. And the j- lights of the gym. Yeah. So the lights make sense that they shut it down. But at first, when it's just the scoreboard, and everyone's like, what? I'm like, the refs should be keeping official time and scores. Like, they could play without the big scoreboard. Do they? They're supposed to. Yeah. In, like, professional basketball, yes. In high school, do they do that? I'm pretty sure they do. Okay. We did go past my favorite moment in the movie, which is when, I probably said that before, when Gabriella wins them a point, they cut to Taylor, and she's literally, like, shaking her head and pointing at Gabriella. You got this, girl. Oh, you. You nail sister, you. Meanwhile, of course, Ryan and Sharpay are doing their callback. They're doing Bop to the Top, which is a reprehensible performance. Oh, I thought it was incredible. So, Ryan and Sharpay, like, overdo everything. Their callback is obscene. Yes. Is this, they have a ladder in this one. They have a ladder in this one. They start with the, like, arriba! Ay, ay, ay! (laughs) That, which is a lot. Yes. Yeah. I will say, I feel like the movie kind of villainizes them for preparing, though. They go too far. They are villains. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes the movie is kind of just, like... How dare they warm up and like, oh, they have choreography that makes them so bad. It should only be natural talent. How dare you try? I mean, we do see Troy and Gabriella rehearse a ton too. That is So true. it's not rehearsal that they don't like. It's the like aggressive extent to which Ryan and Sharpay go. With the, like their, they, don't they have their own personalized microphones? Yeah. And they, they have, have the headset own... mics for Bop to the Top. That yeah. was ridiculous. And when, when Kelsey was like, oh, what key should I play the song? They're in? like, and please, they, peasant. Our rehearsal pianist recorded. We only allow people with double digit ages to play for us. <laughs> <laughs> so Troy and Gabriella then show up and they do their callback and it's magical. Um, Chad even gets up and claps and dances. Someone, again, has set designed this callback. So there's a backdrop of a cityscape at night that drops down behind them. And at the climax, a giant crescent moon descends from the ceiling. And that's when I started yelling at the movie. It took you that long? It took me that long to, like, start yelling aloud. Okay. And then at the end of the callback, they cut to the guy using a fly to lift the backdrop. And he's just like, doing good. And behind it is the basketball court. It's the worst cut in the movie. Yeah. And East High wins. East High wins the game. Even though Troy is somehow a spy for West High. Well, he's a bad spy because that would be another thing. Yeah, you can't be. Yeah. (laughs) He also, he's the one that wins the game. Yeah, he's a terrible spy. He wins the big game. (laughs) So then Troy and Gabriella are like making eyes at each other. They keep almost making out, but people keep interrupting them because no making out because that's another thing. (laughs) You can only do so many things. And then they say, we're all in this together. In which everyone couples up, even Kelsey and a basketball guy who have never exchanged words. But Chad and Taylor at least deserve each other's lying butts. Chad and Taylor make sense. Manipulative friends. They should be in the Princess Diaries, frankly. (laughs) So many couples in this movie. Chad and Taylor... Troy, Gabriella. Kelsey and the Rando. <laughs> Kelsey and the Rando. Ryan, Ryan and Sharpay. Jason. His name is Jason? Yes. Oh, fascinating. Yes, he's the one who, when they're in homeroom after everyone gets detention, he asks Miss Darvis how her holidays were. I guess maybe that's supposed to be the setup that he's also kind of nerdy like Kelsey is. I guess. But yeah. I feel like it's just to cover up the fact that Kelsey's kind of a lesbian. She is a sawed-off Sondheim. <laughs> yeah. Who is, Sondheim's gay. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about Kelsey's hat during the callbacks? Why is her hair tucked into her hat? It's so weird. Because you can't be good at fashion. <laughs> oh, right. Good at music. Only one thing. 
Okay, we gotta get this. This only movie. one thing thing actually holds a lot of water. It does. <laughs> it explains everything it about this movie. It also explains the big musical number. Musical! Musical! Musical number. Stick to the status quo. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I have one important question for you guys, though, and don't you dare leave me hanging. What team? Will? Yeah. Do you find the romance believable? Absolutely not. <laughs> It's not our worst movie, actually. No. It's too high school. Their yeah. relationship will be awkward. Yeah. It's fast. It's awkward. It's weirdly non-communicative, but again, in a way that's plausible for high schoolers. I think it is kind of believable. Yeah. I'm winning myself over as I talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like a high school relationship. What would you rate it, Fiona? Uh, is it more or less believable than Grease? Because it might be more. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean... Grease makes a lot of jumps off screen. I makes sense. I would... It is maybe an eight. I'm kind of leaning that way. They don't have a lot of scenes together. Yeah, but that's also like high school, especially a high school where you only do one thing. Right. Like, I'm just thinking about these people who, like, decide they're in a relationship. Which is a thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what do you do? Well, nothing. But we're just in a relationship. The number of, like, youths I have heard say that, I think this is real. Yeah, I'm kind of very much on board with this now. As believable, at least. It's complete madness. But it is believable. So what are our Mark, where would you... It? Yeah. Why, I why was thinking the same as Grace. So seven? Yeah. What would you have to have to get a ten? Well, I feel like the only tens we've given are already established married couples. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Tens are very special. Yeah, we almost... what this is, though. Could it not be a ten? Are you going 10, Fiona? I'm going to... I'm pushing it. I'm going 10. I'm sticking with 8. Yeah. I think the... I can go with 8. The elaborate con that their friends pull off is part of their relationship. And that's what's knocking it down for me. And then they get over it in a few hours. Is that not real either? That pivot is 15 minutes of runtime in the movie. If that. It's basically just the length of Gabriella's song. I'm going to stick to my guns, though. Okay. Okay. We'll average that out to a 9. Well, I'm going to stick with 8, and you can call it a 10, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so do you think Troy and Gabriella are dateable? I don't know, because they're starting to push three things, and that's kind of unacceptable <laughs> like, to me. What are they supposed to do? I add a fourth thing things. that's dating me? I can't yeah. handle three things. Yeah. I'm only dating people with two things. Yeah, I don't want to date either of these people. But if you had to pick one person in this movie to date, who would it be? Zeke. Probably Zeke. You going for the creme I brulee? I that creme brulee. Literally no one else he in this movie really is nice. nice. He seems so He's sweet. the only nice person. He's cute. He makes creme brulee. He does two things. Good for him. And he only does two things. Two things is allowed. He understands his limits. Yes. Um, Yeah, he's probably my real answer. I did make a note of the one girl in the audition montage who's leaning on the piano and (laughs) winking constantly. (laughs) She's the worst. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So she was in the mix for me, but I think I have to go with Zeke as well. Maybe the hip-hop girl. Oh, yeah. Which one? She's fun. She's a nerd, but also has a fun side. Oh, oh, she loves to pop and lock and jam and break. Um, If we ignored the sequels, do we think Troy and Gabriella would stay together? For a little bit. I mean, at least through graduation. Yeah. But after that, probably not. Yeah, they would last through just positing a hypothetically High School Musical 3 senior year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, is fair. Yeah, that's reasonable. Okay. I know we've said a lot, so do we have anything more to add? No, I think we're good. I think it's time to talk about the other madness franchise that we do, which is our hashtag PD summaries. Oh, excellent. Can I bring up something? Sure. It you were, The last time you were on the show was the original Princess Diaries episode. It was, yeah. So you've been reading uh, the name of the teacher wrong. It's Giannini. Really? Yes. So that's on Rachel, because I'm reading what she wrote me. Okay, I, I did verify it before Because you've been rereading these books. Oh, yeah, I'm currently reading... Uh, oh, I can tell you in a second. Princess on the Brink. Oh, my gosh. Spoiler alert. We just did alert. that one last week. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then so, I, yes. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Because now we're doing yeah. Princess Mia. Okay. Go ahead. Um. By the way, we're only getting the integers. Like, what's the deal with the fraction books? They're very short. They're very quick reads, which I like. And they're usually... So, one of them was, like, Spring Break. When she later references, like, this trip that they went on. And so, they, and they went back and wrote this Spring Break trip. And then one of them is... One of her winter breaks when she goes to Genovia. So the main ones are mostly school semesters. Okay. And then these like 
fraction ones are those in-between periods. All right. So speaking of, last time we did a PD summary, we did Princess on the Brink, in which Michael had invented a robotic arm that could do heart surgery. So he was invited to Japan to work on it. Mia was really upset by this. And Grandmare, always happy to find a solution, suggested that Mia have sex with him to get him to stay. Uh, Mia was going to go for it, but then she got mad at Michael because she found out he wasn't a virgin. So she broke up with him. And then she started kissing JP because she was confused. This is JP again, who does not like corn in his chili because of Sean Penn. Then Michael came to school to talk to her and he saw her kissing JP. And then Kenny, who was Mia's old lab partner that she dated out of pity, he saw the kiss and he told Lily about it, who told Michael. And then Michael left for Japan and then he and Lily both weren't talking to Mia and it was a whole thing. And Mia had nobody except, I guess, JP. So that brings us to the next book, Princess Mia. This book starts up right where the last one left off. She emails Michael that she's sorry, and he finally calls her. But during the call, he says that for now, they need to just be friends. She's devastated and barricades herself in her room for like a week, very new moon of her, and goes on this huge eating binge that includes meat, even though she's a vegetarian. Also, the paparazzi caught wind of her Beauty and the Beast outing, and now there are pictures of her with JP in all the gossip magazines. Her dad, the prince, finally steps in and makes her start seeing the psychologist, who is a very stereotypical cowboy kind of guy. Most of his metaphors involve horses. Also, Grandmare wants Mia to make a speech to Domino Rei, which is this super exclusive society for women. Oprah and Angelina Jolie and all these big deal women are supposedly part of it. I, Rachel, just looked it up, and it doesn't really exist. But Domino Rei is apparently the name of a popular erotic fanfiction author. <laughs> Mia thinks the main reason Grandmare wants her to give the speech is so that Grandmare can get an invitation. Mia can't have one yet because you have to be 18. She eventually agrees to do it and ends up talking about Princess Amelie, who was queen of Genovia for like two weeks before dying of bubonic plague. In her research, Mia discovers this handwritten paper where Amelie declared Genovia a constitutional rather than absolute monarchy. No one had ever seen it before, but it's deemed legitimate, so democracy is coming to Genovia. Wait, so these months, years now, that Grandmare has just been living in the United States, this has been the actual absolute head of the Genovian government. I think uh, Prince Philippe, Mia's dad, does it a lot of the work. This is madness. Mia reveals all of this in her speech. Grandmare is angry that she's lost her absolute grasp on power, but it does earn her an invitation into the society. Also, Mia goes home and JP is there and they kiss and are dating now. Lily still refuses to speak to Mia. Still a terrible friend. <laughs> Good for Mia. Good riddance, Lily. <laughs> Lily is the worst. She's terrible. Yeah, she is. This series is a whirlwind. Um, It's worth noting, Mark, there's only one left. Oh no! And then there's the uh, the adult one, the follow-up, that Rachel is going to get us a summary for. So we've only got two more PD summaries. Oh no. These have taken us through the fall. So sad. Yeah. What are you going to do without them? I don't know. They have slightly shorter episodes. Yeah, our episodes <laughs> will be like seven minutes shorter. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, now, looking towards next week, we've got a big birthday coming up. Yeah, next week is our 52nd episode, exactly one year of Heart of Podness. Woo! It's been a ride. It's been fun. So we're going to do this nice mirroring action. Yeah. So in our secret episode zero that no one will ever listen to before we'd figured out how to run a podcast, Will and I covered the classic film Meet Me in St. Louis. Which we'll talk about this more next week. But this is like also thanks to Fiona as part of how we got the idea for the show. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. But it's lovely that you're here for this too. I'm so excited. It's a real gem of a movie. I that episode it. I still think is not dreadful. But there's no structure to it. It's just 45 minutes of us riffing on Meet Me in St. Louis. So it's more like just hanging out with me and Will than listening to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So that's really exciting. The movie's really good. If you've never seen it, highly, highly recommend. Uh, classic Judy Garland MGM musical. Is it available on streaming services? You can rent it. Okay. I just picked up a Blu-ray on Amazon for like nine bucks. So you could do that too. Nice. Yeah, great stuff. Until then, of course, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Heart of Podness and email us questions or movie suggestions at heartofpodness at gmail.com. We got to start planning year two. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show to help other people find us. Last question. What is the best piece of dating advice we got from this movie, Fiona? Audition for a musical. Musical! Musical! Fiona! What have we been doing for the last hour? Audition for a musical and make sure that you have a love song connection. Mark, what about you? You gotta get your head in the game. (laughs) Thank you. I was gonna say you should do karaoke. (laughs) Make sure to start kind of closed off and then open up through the song. You just turn around when they start to sing. Yeah. Um, Until next time, though, I think that covers it. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I'm Will and I'm a ginger. So between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Bye! Bye.